0: Hello, poppies. Welcome to Art Poppy, your essential podcast on art. We create industry during quarantine. Today, we have a very special, lovely, beautiful guest. Her name is Sadie, and she's a musician and wonderful, talented singer. Um, And she's here tonight. So welcome, Sadie. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course.
1: We're so excited. I'm so excited, too. I've never done a podcast.
0: Have you done a new one before? Um, Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. So um, our first question is just uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what growing up was like for you. So I grew up in the Valley. I'm from like Bernard Hill's area, and um, I grew up in a very musical family. Um, my mom was on the praise team at church, and I, would, I watched her um, do gigs in a band that she was in, and um, I was definitely surrounded by music constantly. So between my sisters and my mom, that was just kind of like our life and, um, our lifestyle surrounded our lifestyle was just music pretty much. So, okay. So you grew up around that. And what was it like having a mom who was a musician? It was amazing. It, it allowed me to really be able to hone in on, you know, my, my side of my journey with music and to really develop like myself as vocalist and it it allowed me to like have a real life coach every single day in our house and to really show us show us how it goes and she wasn't heavily involved in the industry part of um, music but she definitely was she had enough experience to really lead us the right way and to show us how to really work on ourselves as artists and what to focus on as vocalists and all
0: that good stuff. What kind of tips did she give you or like advice?
1: Um, She was super hard on us vocally. So she would always be like, like if we hit like a flat note, she'd be like, nope, do it again. Like every time, like it was, she really focused on our vocals for sure. But overall advice, I would say she just, she always to really just stay true to ourselves as artists and not ever just write music, just because it sounds like something else to always, you know, do things from your heart and to make sure it's always as pure as possible. Cause that's really what people are attracted to and what people will gravitate to when you're an artist. And I, I've realized that's so true. It's like, people don't want anything that doesn't feel genuine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was you and your sister. I'm sorry. Is she older or younger? I have
1: an older and younger sister.
0: Oh, okay. And were both of them singing with you?
1: Yes. So my older sister was in a band for a really long time and she worked with um, Kukurel, this major vocal producer. Um, he's a friend of ours. And so that's how I kind of first got introduced to studios and how sessions work and vocal production and all that stuff. So at the age of 13 to like, 17, I would just go to the studio with her and just watch her kind of do her wow. thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. My little sister sings. She's just not super heavily involved because she's still in high school.
0: So, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, your mom did an amazing job because your voice is beautiful. Like, I was listening to your IG TV session and it was just beautiful. The, the, um, I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right, Camilla. Calejo or Cabello? There's like two. Cabella. right? Cabeo. I love that. That was so beautiful. You can just like hear your range. It's beautiful. I loved it.
1: Thank you so much. You. I appreciate that. Yeah, your voice is so impressive. When we were shooting, I think we were shooting for three hours, three or four hours. And yeah. Sadie was singing the entire time pretty much and like belting, if that's even the right word. And your voice was just like gorgeous the entire time and like so strong and angelic. It was really it. Yeah, that was that was a lot. And before we started filming, we were singing for like 4 hours rehearsing with Zach, so my voice was like yes. It's okay.
2: That's, That's why I'm trying this
1: so hard. yeah <laughs>
0: seriously. Damn. Is your voice more like your mom's or is it different?
1: Um, my mom definitely has a softer tone, but I definitely can hear different elements that like genetically I probably have from her. Cause I do think a lot of it is genetics. Um, yeah. but I've, I, I don't know. It's pretty different. I would say the tone is just like hers is a lot softer than mine, but mm-hmm. the breathiness that she taught us and all that stuff, I definitely think we have in common. So she allowed us to take our own, like what she taught us and just kind of create our own sound, which was nice. That's beautiful.
0: How did, since, I know I'm 25 now, I remember what it was like being 22, and I remember what it was like being in high school. How <laughs> did high school affect your art?
1: Um, <laughs> That's a good question. I didn't do very well in school. Like, academically, I just don't do very well. So it was definitely a struggle, because even in, like, my I think it was my junior year. That's when I did Idol. And I literally Mm. ended up failing every single class because I had to leave for Hollywood week for a whole week and they didn't let me make up anything. So I ended up literally out of high school. I just got my GED because there was, there was no hope I would have had to redo my junior year. So it was tough. I I definitely think school can hold you back from focusing on that because you come home with so much homework and, Thankfully, my parents were super laid back about it because they understood what I wanted to do in life, and they knew I was a hard worker. So, they were they're pretty laid back. But I didn't get to, get to experience like prom or anything. So,
0: oh, that well, virtual cool cool. prom. i mean, it's a lot on like YouTube and TikTok. Right. And, like, so many like channels. Oh yeah, that's true. They're having like their their own proms.
1: Like, I for saw sure. that. I just don't. <laughs> I didn't really care. I was, I loved this whole part yeah. of school. Other than that, I was like, get me out of here.
0: We got to New Hollywood
2: Week.
1: Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? It's <laughs> fine. There are other <laughs> Um
0: Where did you go to school in the Valley?
1: I actually, because I'm on the border of Ventura County, so I went to Simi High. Oh, so, okay. yeah. yeah. It was, I loved high school. just not, not something I wanted to focus on. <laughs> <laughs> <I> that? <laughs> yeah that's fair so um you were kind of talking about how you went on idol so can you tell us a little bit about that experience yeah totally idol was definitely interesting it was i had done x factor and the voice before but i hadn't gotten very far with those two so this was just like super quick but at the same time really long journey so there's so many steps that people don't realize that go into it you go through like four or five rounds of just like producers behind the scenes no filming nothing and then when you get to the judges it's very s- s- staged <laughs> and I ended up like bawling my eyes out in my audition because I was so exhausted because I had to travel to San Francisco to audition for the judges so it was just an exhausting process overall. Wow. But I made it to all the way through Hollywood Week right before live shows, and they cut me. I remember that was really devastating. But the experience of Hollywood Week and everything was really cool because, first of all, you get no sleep. That that's definitely real. Um, And I made, yeah, I made, like, lifelong friends. And a lot of my friends that didn't make it far at all are, like, killing it now and are signed and touring. So it's cool to see that as well, just to see people go off on their own journey and succeed. Um, but my experience was good. It definitely like helped me grow up really quickly in a way. Especially mm-hmm. it's just it it allowed me to experience performing on a huge stage with cameras and um and I got to meet J Lo and Oh hell Gary yeah. Conner, Gary Keith Urban. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah. Too so that was a great experience. But it was tough. It's tough at fifteen to go through all that.
0: Yeah. So like, yeah. You know? I would imagine you grew up so fast being in that environment as well, where you have literally adults who've been practicing this for like 10, 15, 20 years. And then you have like the show crew. It's like, did you learn any like really specific lessons about people or music from that experience?
1: I definitely learned when it comes to being on stage with like a band or someone accompanying you to just kind of roll with the punches. Like if you mess up, you just keep going. If you miss a lyric you just make make it up you know what I mean so that definitely helped a lot because that that kind of stuff really does happen in real life during show
0: you be able to improvise think on your feet.
1: yeah so it was good it was a good experience I definitely am so happy I did it but yeah I don't know how different now. <laughs> do you feel like it shaped you as an artist um I feel like I was too young to say it shaped me as an artist I would say it helped me develop in a lot of ways yeah. as an upcoming artist. But even at that time, I was so, like, as much as I was around music, I was still pretty inexperienced. So it really just introduced me to the world of, like, television and how it works. Yeah. Like, it it wasn't necessarily musically. That makes sense. It's regular. not like they were, like, training you or developing you. They were more like you were just introduced to this whole other world. And, like, right. that is a lot of live performing. It like, is. You know, everything you're doing is live. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's, a, it's like, very – because I'm the type of person that loves, like, intense situations and, like, not really being prepared and just, like, kind of going for it. So it was exciting for me, but – Definitely stressful and no sleeping. Mm -hmm. It's crazy about the no sleeping. Like, what the fuck is
0: that? We need sleep.
1: (laughs) I know it's like we're fifteen years old, and they put us in these beautiful hotels with the best beds too. So it's like the the little sleep you do get, you don't want to get out of that nice (laughs) bed.
0: (laughs) Did you meet your people that you would eventually get managed to there, or how did you meet your current management? company I guess.
1: um i didn't meet anybody that i work with now through idol um i do i did meet like some writers i still work with and some friends that i'll still work with um but the way i came across my whole team is um the pro- the producer isaac Hassan that's produced me since i was 19 i met him through my friend miles who i was actually in a duo with for a while um, we were going to get signed. And so he was kind of developing our music and then I ended up getting pregnant. So me and Miles split up, but Isaac agreed to just continue developing me as an artist. Um, and so he kind of started putting me in writing sessions, writing for other people while I was pregnant. Cause I couldn't really be an artist during mm-hmm. that. And then fast forward a year or two, um, I met my label head, Mike Lynn, um, he was aware of me and aware of my music, but we never actually met or discussed any opportunities regarding a label until I did finally meet him after having the baby and everything. And um, he just said, listen, like, I can take you to any label. I just need to make sure your sound makes sense. So eventually I did like, I think now we have over like a hundred songs. So it's been a while. Yeah. So we, I definitely have a good, team and then i finally just came across my management like a year ago my manager lisa taylor she um i met her through my friend kyle who works at netflix it's a long story but he was like hey i know this woman who would be great for you she doesn't really work with musicians but she works with a lot of uh, instagram influencers and youtubers and as we all know that's so big now yeah. so he was like, yeah introduce me and we literally clicked we are the same person she understands me so well
2: that's and- Amazing.
1: Yeah, I love her so much. And so she just moved to a different company called Suite Management. And now I'm represented by them. So I I finally have like a full team. I have management I would label. So it's so crazy how it all came together, but everyone's is just in it for me to succeed and everyone has good hearts and good intentions. So I feel really lucky to have good
0: people on my side. It's really awesome because it's sometimes it can be the opposite, and people just get sucked up and yeah, parts of the system. You know? totally. so really, really cool. Uh, when you were 17, you said you met a producer, was that through your mom, or like how did you was he already in your circle at that point?
1: So, I met Isaac through um Miles, a guy I was in a duo with. I met I, Miles on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> And we just decided to be writing partners, and then we started a group called Kings and Queens. And we made really good music, actually. So Isaac was developing us, and then when I got pregnant, we split up the group. Right. How was it, um, being pregnant and still, like, working and writing and dealing with, like, that major life change coming your way? It was definitely not easy. Um, There was a lot of judgment because when you get pregnant at 18 by someone you've only known for three months a lot of people including my family were like what the hell <laughs> happened because I grew up in a pretty conservative household where you know you're supposed to wait till marriage to have sex and all this stuff so it was definitely like a lot but we had just lost my dad a year before that so I feel like when you go through something like that it kind of allows People to not have as much judgment. Like my family, yeah. had a lot of grace for me. Yeah. You just realize life is so short, and
2: my you mom can't be mad.
1: Yeah, you can't. And she was just proud of me for keeping the baby. So when I finally decided to tell my music people, they were like, "Oh, I was afraid I was gonna get dropped by Isaac because we had a production deal." And he's he had a lot of grace for me, but I'll never forget that phone call. <laughs> it was so terrifying to make telling telling and I was Pregnant at that point, so no turning back. You know. I mean? Wow, I'm so sorry that you had to deal with so much stress involving like something like yeah, super fucking difficult, like undeniably difficult, but like also so beautiful. Yeah, you know, because we lost I, one life and gained another. It's like it's so crazy mm-hmm. how that works. But people um, understanding, and even Mike Lynn my label head, was like, "Listen, you have your baby, and." We'll get back to it. It's fine. So I would yeah. just do writing sessions and still be recording while I was pregnant. It was just weird showing up with a belly. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, with my large belly. <laughs>
0: I'm here already. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I'm sure you weren't like, as beautiful as ever. Just like glowing. Oh, very, <laughs> you know, I was miserable. I was puking every day and all day. and It's horrible, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So now being a young mother, how has that affected your art? I definitely try to prioritize my career and try to balance being a mom. Like obviously my little girl will always be my number one priority, but I think it's really important as a mom to give yourself that time to focus on your career or hobby, whatever it is. So I definitely make sure to give myself enough space and time to really focus on that and studio time and all that stuff it's definitely it definitely affects you in the way of like people don't realize like you have to pay for every session you go to for babysitting or like if your family's not available and your babysitter flakes like that there's definitely been situations like that that people don't realize like it makes it really hard and even in this quarantine like it's really hard to just sit down and write a song with your three-year-old being like, no, I need something constantly, so <laughs> it's tough, it, it, de- it can definitely be stressful, but I wouldn't change it for the world, and I can't wait to take her on tour with me one day <laughs> Oh myself. my god Yeah,
2: this <laughs> is going to be so
1: cute I know I shall grow up on the road, hopefully if this pandemic right. <laughs> yeah. If there ever is a road again Right, I know, it's so depressing <laughs>
0: I just so that cute. your mom shared the beauty of music with you, and now you're sharing it with your daughter. It's like this cycle that keeps on giving. That's so beautiful. Yeah,
1: totally. I haven't even thought of it like that, but yeah, it's she's totally like developing her own voice and Aww. figuring out how to sing. And I think it's oh my a- god, too. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is amazing. Music is like a really important part of just your life and her life and your mom's life. It's just gorgeous. Totally, And even her dad is a professional dancer and so was his dad. So the whole, it's just like an entertainment. No. has a lot in her blood. She's a
2: superstar.
1: She's got I know. Ridden. I'm like, are you going to blow up one day? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What do you do to stay inspired? Hmm. Good question. I would say (laughs) I like to keep my life interesting all the time. So I have inspiration coming from all different areas of life, whether it's um, relationships or just meeting new people Our my life in general is kind of crazy. Like we just have a lot of people over all the time. And like, so I'll even pull inspiration from having a conversation with someone or someone else's experience that I'm talking to about and or a friend's heartbreak, if I'm not dating somebody and I'm not going through that myself. Um, So I just try to pull inspiration from everyday life, whether it's my own or somebody else's.
0: Are there specific examples of that? Can you talk about a boy you were into one of your songs?
1: (laughs) (laughs) There was, um, let me think, like, one of my singles that's out right now called Like You, that song I specifically wrote about, I was in a relationship and I'm still really good friends with him. He's like my best friend now. Um, I wrote it about just kind of knowing our relationship was ending and the song is pretty specific. It literally says, if I'm honest, and I'll hurt you. And that's the last thing I want to do. Um, am I fucked up for not wanting you? So it's it was just kind of me saying... It was a very healing song to write because it was towards the end of our relationship knowing that it was kind of over already. So I tend to write very specifically so it can kind of <laughs> bite me in the butt later when people hear it and they're like, Hmm, is that about me. But most of the people <laughs> don't really know, so it's okay. <laughs> um, just did that help you like get through it? Does that help you get through whatever you're Dealing with at the time when you write a song about it? 100%. It, songwriting is so healing. And even when I wrote my first single, Perfectly, it was literally just my life story about me having a baby and losing my dad and how society has fucked me up in a lot of ways with body image and all this stuff. So it was that song for sure was super healing. And everything I write, I make sure to come from a really genuine place because like i said earlier there's no point obviously there's there's a place to write a song for fun and about shaking your ass and going out with your friends you know what i mean but for me songwriting is for sure a healing process and just a way for me to express myself and get through certain things that i'm experiencing
0: what is your creative process like now during covid
1: um it's a little different um I mean, it it all comes down to the same process when I write. Like, usually I'll just get on the piano and start kind of playing around with different chords. Or if I have a melody in my head, I'll just kind of record it and then come back to it later. I rarely write to tracks, so it's usually ideas that come from organic ideas on the guitar or piano. Or even just like a concept that I come up with. But now that we're in quarantine and I can't go to the studio... I've learned how to record my own vocals. So I've just been kind of like laying down a quick piano and then a quick rough vocal and then I'll send it out and they usually send it back with like production and everything. So it's a little different, but it's working and I'm doing sessions over FaceTime and it works. So Wow yeah. Yeah. I think most people in, you know, regardless of the industry, I mean, despite some industries, most people can are finding that they can work remotely and I feel like we're starting to like really push limits and boundaries that we didn't think we had before that are probably going to make our lives easier later right um but for now it's like not super fun obviously it's not but I I feel like when we all go back to our normal lives we're gonna be like man that was kind of nice being home with our families and yeah for most people a lot of people are struggling so I don't want to sound
0: you insensitive know, to that open, but yeah.
1: yeah i don't want to sound insensitive saying that but if you're lucky yeah. enough to be home and still be
0: paying your bills and everything
1: then it's kind of like it's a vacation
0: just like one big reset for the whole world you know
1: yeah reset yeah totally. reset your perspectives and priorities and all that stuff
0: i also feel like we're gonna be really grateful
1: coming back like yeah i feel like the second anybody who's like works in an office or if you go to a session like like everybody's there everybody there is suddenly going to be like oh my god how amazing to just like be around another person and just like be near them or just to be outside go get a coffee and like meet people and say hello to strangers like (laughs) i know i feel like it's crazy like even when i go to the grocery store people are so standoffish and i'm like listen calm down (sighs) we're still humans like you can still smile it's so weird yeah that's the thing i hate about the masks is that nobody can tell when i'm smiling at them so it just looks like i'm making eye contact like i'm just like <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that's so true.
0: But smile with your eyes the whole entire bang thing
1: oh <laughs> um, yeah I'm
0: just like, <laughs> Speaking of, I just started
1: watching America's Next Top Model again because I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. So cutthroat. They're
0: so wow. ruthless. Dude. Tyra, the things that she says. Yeah. And like, she will- she's like, she's women's off hair. Like, she'll just like shave off your hair. She thinks you like look better with short hair. Yeah, like- so they're or
1: Like, it's like anytime any of the models are like freaking out or crying. Everyone is just like, yeah. okay, and then they now. like do not give a fuck, but I feel like that's part of that. But the show I, I don't know when I was watching it in like two thousand six, it like didn't feel so insane to me. But I watch it now and I'm like, oh my god, right? That's so mean. I just feel like that would never like pass nowadays. Like people would never yeah. allow that. I At mean, right?
0: least, yeah.
1: <laughs> what? At least not be shown. Like, maybe behind the scenes, but hopefully not here. Yeah.
0: Have you seen Instant Influencer by James Charles yet? I haven't, but I have been seeing, like, things it's about it. It's concept, done. a competition show to become, like, a model influencer, you know, have your own YouTube channel, and um, uh-huh. it's really good. I am actually really impressed by how professional and entertaining James is, and he's really nice to his contestants and offers them like really good advice. Um, it's really entertaining too. Kind of okay. cringeworthy as any sort of like influencer type entertainment is, but it's really good. Uh, and the contestants are really kind of authentic, and you can really see like their each strengths and weaknesses. And it's it's really good. Kind That's of like so you know, cool. America's Next Top Model cutthroatness, like right, only oh really. you, only fuck the rest of y'all. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you have any advice for artists during this um this time? My advice to artists would be just to really hone in on any sort of well first off let me say there's no pressure to come out. I keep seeing this to come out with a new bill or a new invention or whatever. There's no pressure. But I do think it's a good time to kind of not only reset your priorities but to hone in on something that you don't know much about. Like for me, that was like production and vocal production, doing it myself and not depending on someone else. Cause at the end of the day, if the world doesn't go back to normal, we only have ourselves to depend on to continue (laughs) what we're doing. So I would just say, keep writing and do as much as you can to better yourself every single day, whether that's mentally, spiritually with your artistry, um, whatever hobby you do, but for me, it's been just doing something I'm not super familiar with myself, so,
0: yeah, awesome. I love that.
1: 2 a.m. and I'm staring at myself, crying over a boy who only loved himself. I feel angry and I feel misused. Yeah, I know i got a
0: lot of issues. It's kind of all of the questions we really had, but I just had one specifically about like beauty, and this is something that Carl and I like text about all the time. How has like I guess beauty standards in general and social media a shape, have shaped like your body image? And, like, what have you done to like kind of keep yourself safe and like your self esteem kind of intact in like this really hyper competitive, hyper beautiful world?
1: Um, for
0: me personally,
1: I talk about it a lot on my social media platforms. Like it's super, it's affected me my whole life. I dealt with not only pressure at growing up as like a chubby girl to even just being an artist and being pressured to lose weight really quickly, um, to do extreme diets, to I was constantly compared to other artists too. Like, especially last year, I had a certain meeting that really just like threw me in a really dark place. They were just like I had just gotten out of a relationship, so I did put on some weight and I'm usually like I grew up in a pretty healthy home. So I usually really active, but I had just kind of we all go through periods where we stop working out. We just don't
2: yeah.
1: right. Mm-hmm. So they sat me down and were like I don't know how much I can say, but just imagine mm-hmm. like a bunch of men telling you you need to lose weight because you don't look good enough and you're not going to be on the first page of a magazine if you look the way you do. I was told that. So that definitely was like, all right. And I had a, I had a mental breakdown and. I would too. I would too. It's also insane that that's like not true. That's the other thing. Like yeah, the world that we're in, that's not true at and all. Like, yeah, I promote always and I always you know promote living a healthy lifestyle and but when it comes to the point of like okay I'm not sitting here like completely unhealthy like I still look like decent you know what I mean what is what looks right and what doesn't like so it definitely threw me in a weird place. So I did a really extreme diet. I think I lost like 10 pounds in two weeks and then I just kept going and I lost all this weight, but I was still super unhappy. So then what did I end up doing? I, cause I've struggled with binge eating my whole life. So like I would restrict not let myself eat all day. And then I'd be like, fuck it, I'm starving. Let me just eat all this shit. And then it just, it was a cycle I would go through. And I never really recognized it until social media would start talking about it a lot. Cause mm-hmm. I never discussed that in therapy or anything. And food was always super, it was a comfort thing for me. So going through that yo-yo dieting process and trying to make, you know, my label happy and but also trying to keep myself happy and be a good mom, it was it was a lot for me. So I stopped doing the yo-yo dieting. I got a trainer, I was like, let me get my ass back into shape. And I did, and I and I did it the right way. And did they ever say anything to me again? No, <laughs> but it was. They also didn't like give me any like props, like thanks for working hard. It's just it's a constant um, like you're. It's a constant battle of like you're not good enough feeling with being in the industry and stuff. So I don't know. It's a lot, and it's a lot on social media too. It all is uh, with pressure. We've been conditioned to believe that we're not good enough when we don't look like these Instagram models with fake asses and all this work done, which there's nothing wrong with that either. But like, there's no reason but to compare ourselves. to people. It's so hard to compare yourself to someone who's like doing something different than you, who's mm-hmm. from somewhere else, like like different background, different lifestyle, like whatever it is, like comparison is the death of like self acceptance. I feel like, because
0: mm-hmm. when you're comparing I don't know. I've I've realized recently that comparing yourself
1: to anyone doesn't make any sense because you're, you're only, you're comparing like what you see when really you should be comparing, like if you were going to compare what you see then you have to compare like everything that happened before, Mm -hmm. which is like how you like literally from the moment you're born. Yeah. How you get created, like who you see now is from my whole life. So if I were to compare myself to someone else, it's like their whole life. Mm-hmm. And it's so different along the way that it's like there's no comparison it doesn't even make any sense like it's like yeah. comparing an apple and a car like yeah. they're just no reason so different. yeah yeah it's so stupid and i i feel like it's definitely getting better with how social media is bringing all the all of this to light but at the same time it doesn't really change the way we think like i feel like we're just so conditioned to believe these things that it's so hard to get past that. And that's something I really want to make sure my daughter doesn't go through. Cause I did that with it my whole life. So I think as long as we openly talk about it and speak about how we feel and just are open about everything, I think that will change yeah, the way we look at ourselves and with body dysmorphia and everything. So it's tough for every girl out there and man. Yeah, men have a difficult time with, like, body image, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we all have a hard time. But I do think that there's hope, for sure, and it's getting better. I mean, even thinking, talking about, like, America's Exit Model in 2006, like, very different from where we are now, mm-hmm. you know? 100%. So there is definitely, there's positive change, but it's still crazy how, like, I I, mean, I know in, like, 10 more years, we'll look back, it was what people are saying now and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe that that was normal back then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe the way we used to talk and like people used to say the certain things they did back then is very harsh and not okay. So yeah. (laughs) We're moving (laughs) in a positive direction. Yeah. I do think we're moving in a positive direction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think especially with, um, like I know TikTok is a huge like security concern for me because just if it's, where it's from and this whole other bullshit around it. But yeah. the app itself, I told Carl, it's just brutally honest. Um, and I think you can very much see like people who are just there to like be hot and not show their personality. Like they get called out ASAP. It's like, okay, we get it. You're hot. Like, what's your talent? Like, yeah. give, me, give me something that says something about you. And I think that's okay. what we really love about that app. And that Instagram got totally wrong, you know, cause you can't, yeah, you can't hide behind a photo. You know, you can curate a very specific timeline with just photos, but with videos, if you see every frame and you see the person who they really are. You know, right? Totally.
1: That's why I think it's so good to be as honest and genuine as possible on social media. Because as much as I'm told to, like, archive all my photos and create this vibe on my social media, like that's just not what I want to represent. Like, I'd rather represent a real human being who's still an artist mm-hmm. and we all should and I always yeah. let people do what they want to do like if you want to be an Instagram model posting ass photos or shaking working on your videos like do it do whatever makes you happy but at the end of the day that's what I want to do so that's what I want to recommend so I think as long as you own it
0: it's all that matters yeah I agree I agree too well this was really awesome this was a great yeah, you. I love this. Yeah, we I talked think- about everything. I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. It was. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to yeah. do this. I love podcasts.
0: Yeah, Woo-hoo, yeah. Glad to hear this episode. It'll be great. Yeah. Hey, I, I think it's probably come out in like two weeks or yeah. next week, yeah. yeah, not this Monday, but next Monday. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, guys you're welcome okay, okay. So talk soon.
1: Soon, uh. yeah talk to you soon okay bye, bye. bye. thanks for listening poppies this has been episode 11 of art poppy and we hope you liked it stay home stay safe and stay poppin